0: You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. We're all fired up, ready to go. Hour one, Dan and the Danette, Dan Patrick Show, front row. Marvin's there. Paulie, back row, or as I like to call it, Demotion Row. Seaton is there with Fritzy. Oh
1: Demotion Row?
2: <laughs>
0: what the heck is that? Front row is promotion row. Back row demotion row. We already row. deal
1: with suck it back row, then you jump in one minute into the show called Demotion Row on top of that
0: i didn't social media did that is just rude people want to know if seaton got demoted because he's been put in the back (laughs) row marvin got front row treatment here yeah my mom is like patrick what happened are you in trouble (laughs) no mom what do you mean or are you or am i yes welcome to the program uh 877-3dp-show email address dp at danpatrick.com twitter handle at dp show seaton has not been demoted he's been elevated because, well, only because the back row is actually elevated. Oh, physically elevated. Yeah, physically elevated. A chair is slightly higher than it was before. Yes, it is. You're up on a little bit more of a stage there with you and your best friend, Fritzy. But uh, Marvin is uh, in the front row with Paulie and yours truly. Poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Mike Florio is going to join us coming up here in a little bit. And I want to ask him about this Sean McVay situation because... Kevin O'Connell is the offensive coordinator for the Rams. At least he still is. He's supposed to be introduced as the Vikings head coach on Thursday. There are reports that the two agreed to a deal, but they're, they were waiting for the Super Bowl to uh, come to an end so he could officially take the job. I don't know if there's any holdup. I don't know if there's any chance that the Rams would go if Sean McVay leaves and goes into the broadcast booth with ESPN, that maybe you say to Kevin O'Connell, Hey, wait. Hold on before you take that job. But I want to talk to Florio about this, because as I told you yesterday at this time, had a uh, great source on this saying that uh, those two people who are friends with Sean and that this there's mutual interest with Sean McVay and ESPN. He said it could be a leverage play, and it could be. It's like Aaron Donald. Is this a leverage play? Aaron Donald might be the most underpaid player in the NFL, and we're – Ready to christen him the greatest defensive player of all time. Is this a leverage play? Or would he walk away at age 30? Would Sean McVay walk away at age 35? So we'll talk to uh, Mike Florio about that coming up in a little bit. Seat and poll question today. we got a couple
3: options for you, okay? I'll start with Paul's here. Uh, If you were Amazon and could only hire one, Hmm. you would hire Troy Aikman, Al Michaels, Dan Orlovsky. Other, neither, neither.
0: Thursday Night Football, I would hire Al Michaels because I want to have a great play-by-play voice. I I want to have somebody who you tune in because you know that there's quality. And you could say he's the greatest play-by-play voice we have. His instant credibility. Yes, he does. I love Troy, but I do think that you could get some marquee talent in there. But you got to start with Al. You start with Al, then I think – and plus, if I'm an analyst and I get to work with Al Michaels, I jump at that opportunity. And I don't know if Troy is going to leave Fox or wants to leave Fox or maybe this is a leverage play as well. I I love Orlovsky. I think that he has taken the blueprint or subscribed to the blueprint that I would tell guys at ESPN, guys like Sean Salisbury and Mike Golick, they weren't big names when they played. And I said, if you show up and you're there every day – you're going to get run and just be available. And Orlovsky has been available. And then when he gets on you know, these platforms at ESPN, he has been interesting. He's not afraid. He's creative, energetic. Those are the kind of, like, you see these success stories at ESPN. Like John Clayton. Nobody knew John Clayton nationally, but John Clayton, because he was on the mothership and he was available all the time, then people would, you know, they realized who John Clayton was. Chris Mortensen broke bigger stories, but John Clayton was always available. And that's what you have to be, always available. And Dan Orlovsky has now graduated from just being available to being a very talented analyst. But I would say, start with Al Michaels. Uh, Orlovsky feels more studio-like. I like him when he's on display. You know, he's a six-five guy. You know, put him up in the big uh, in front of a big board, and he's animated. Those are the kind of things that you want. Troy Aikman, Troy's a game analyst, and if you could put him in there with Al Michaels, that's pretty good. And maybe you get both of them. You know, you got unlimited funds there with Amazon that you could get Al Michaels and Troy Aikman. But Orlovsky is more studio to me, or at least he could do both. But I love. I, I like him in the presentation that he gives you on the mothership. Yeah, Eaton. We got two more options for you for okay. All right. uh, okay. Ratings for the Super Bowl are way up All this right. year. Right. Is that because
3: of the teams playing or the artists performing?
0: I think the, I think the nation loved the Bengals as an underdog story. I don't know, I don't know how much the Rams were a tune in factor. They weren't a tune in factor in Los Angeles for those who live there. They weren't even in the top 10 as far as markets. Detroit was second behind Cincinnati. There are a lot of Lions fans watching Matthew Stafford there. Oh, the the halftime show. You got to factor it in because we do talk about that, you know, and and it's people who were sort of on the periphery of being sports fans or football fans. And that they would want to make sure they tuned in for the halftime show. And I think you could probably say that halftime show appealed to a few different generations, demographics. But I think it's a combination. Uh, Los Angeles, uh, new stadium, celebrities there, pretty pictures. Uh, Interesting game, down to the wire, halftime show. I don't think there were any real negatives there. Yes, Eden. And when you
3: think about the artists that were on stage for that halftime show and then just say records sold, something like Eminem has sold, I don't know, over 200 million albums. And then that's not even counting his streaming numbers where he just set a record for most albums with over a billion streams. So he's got, I think, I think there's ten albums that he's released, and each one of those has been streamed over a billion times. That's
0: those that's crazy numbers. So you throw in Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, Fitty, Dre, Snoop, Snoop, all of them are huge. Yeah, I mean that's that's appealing to a lot of people, and I don't know if they ever had any kind of stage presence with another artist or artists where you had that many. Albums sold and streams, and probably nobody close to that. And to think that Dr. Dre is the guy who kind of made them all happen, it's remarkable. Unbelievable. And and I guess he's going to work with uh, Mary J. Blige
4: on a uh, project here. Uh, Yeah, Paul. The specific ratings for uh, parts of the Super Bowl are coming in, but the only Super Bowl where the ratings went up at halftime, they actually went up, was Michael Jackson. The the peak Super Bowl ratings for that Super Bowl was when Michael Jackson took the stage the only time in history that that, according to Sports Business Journal, they said this could be the similar this year.
0: Do they know if the ratings went up at halftime? They
4: don't know for this. They're getting those numbers because they're still putting together the streaming numbers from Peacock and other places. Okay. Yeah, Seaton.
0: Got one more option for okay. you for a poll question. Right. Um, By the way, make sure you sign up for the daily newsletter. Backroom guys. Mario and Rob do a a wonderful job. Daily recap of the show, exclusive content. You can see the new Rams championship T-shirt, Traeger recipes that we cook every Friday. Sign up in the box that pops out in the right-hand corner at danpatrick.com, and you are good to go. All right, Seton. Of our three guests today, who's had the most interesting career? Mike Florio, Jim Gray, Sean White
3: most interesting career yes so on the surface you might say sean white right out of the gate uh, yeah, right yeah but jim gray is he's like the wolf he's a fascinating guy he's kind of behind a whole bunch of major moments throughout the last i don't know two decades say mm-hmm. of of sports
0: he's sort of uh, forrest gump in a way mm. that forrest was always there with all of these great moments in history but jim actually did it in real life where he was there. He did that. He covered that. With LeBron, with yeah, the
3: Tom decision. Brady. I mean, the biggest names yeah. in sports. He's the guy right next to them, behind them, being like, yeah, let's put something together. Yeah. It's wild.
4: Yeah, yeah, Paul. I'm going Mike Florio. Mike Florio of NBC Sports. He's on the biggest uh, network in our country for sports and uh, for football coverage. He started as a lawyer who put together a football site who cut and pasted football articles from around the country. So there's one-stop shopping. He went to his local uh, Kinko's and bought a thing of how to do a website. And that's <laughs> what, how his career started. You know this. Yeah. And, and and then he started commenting on them. And then he did the counter of how many days since a player has been arrested. And then we started having him on our show. And that's the first time he ever did national radio. Yeah. And that's where his career started. That's a fascinating career.
0: And so Florio will join us. Jim Gray will join us next hour. And uh, Sean White as well. I was also wondering this. If I said you could find out the future of the following, who would you really be interested in? Tom Brady. You sure he's retired? Al Michaels, next job. Sean McVay. Is he staying? Is he going? Aaron Donald staying, going. Ben Simmons. Deshaun Watson. Zion Williamson. Other. Out of that group, uh... Brady, not necessarily. Al, not necessarily. Sean McVay, sort of. Aaron Donald, I I don't know if you can walk away at age 30. Ben Simmons. Um, I'm just curious how he fits in with the Nets. And you have just a small window to get ready for the postseason. But I thought he came off pretty well yesterday in his press conference. As far as James Harden... I don't want to hear from James Harden. I just want to see you play, all right? You've had opportunities, you know, build rosters, play with great players, and it feels like you abandon ship or you get rid of players. And here he is now with Philadelphia. This is what he wanted, so just go out and play. I don't care about anything else. And then he said, hey, you know what? Uh, Philadelphia was my first choice, well, Ramona Shelburne, who's a great reporter for the Mothership, said he had the opportunity to either go to the Sixers or the Nets. He chose the Nets, and I think he wanted to pick off a championship, and then he wanted to leave the Nets. I don't think he. I think he was one and done there, but he's uh, now a Sixer. Go get him. Go play and do something in the postseason. How about that, uh, Zion Williamson? I told you this isn't good. And I didn't think he was going to play this year. And I don't think he's going to play this year. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at DP dpshow. Uh, say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner. Also, you can... Uh, know, let me see. Anything else I need to mention? Oh, the uh, Rams championship t-shirt. Go to danpatrick.com. And I say good morning to uh, all of our great radio affiliates around the country, including iHeartRadio and Fox Sports Radio. We'll take a break. We'll get the phone calls coming up. Settle on our poll question. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Oh, uh, what do we have? Oh, M-Drive. M-Drive. Seaton got to say hello to the M-Drive folks when he went through Arizona. And you would think guys who have come up with a product that give you more energy would be very energetic. The M-Drive guys got a lot of energy. A lot of energy. Yes, yeah. they do. Mm-hmm. Losing weight, more energy, and increasing lean muscle. Although I did, it's kind of like you looked at them and you go, do they look like they have lean muscle here? Like I'm sizing them up because, hey, you got your product here. Let me see how you look. Yeah, Paul. You should have saw them before. You should (laughs) have saw those three dudes before. I've seen them. It wasn't good. Not good. More energy, increasing lean muscle. When it comes to health and fitness, we all have different goals. Yeah, M drive daily supplement for driven guys pack with clinically tested ingredients that supports healthy testosterone levels, boosting energy. So you can compete all year long. M drive, delivered right to your house, free shipping, 60 day money back guarantee, or go to Walgreens, right? Aid vitamin shop. Don't let age beat you. Visit M drive, Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern, six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Sean White will join us coming up next hour, final hour. We'll play the uh, Sean White game as he ever held a job in his life. We did this <laughs> with Tony Hawk a couple of years ago. Sean at age 35... And I guess he's going to have to get a job now. Yes, he, he was famous at such a young
3: age yeah. that man. I bet it's, it seems very unlikely that he has actually
0: had a sort of normal job like that. Did you see the documentary, Dear Rider? That's about the uh, guy who invented snowboarding, uh, the uh, Burton uh, boards, Jake Burton. Yeah, Mm-mm. it's really well done. I just saw it last week. And they have an incredible way of saying goodbye to him when he passes away. And all of these snowboarders are there. Uh, You know, Jake's wife is there. His sons are there. And Sean White is there as well. But it was really, really well done. Very touching. And uh, what he did, how he did it to get snowboarding to where it is. And, you know, the fact that it's an Olympic sport. And there are a lot of mountains. That don't allow, there's only a few mountains now, I think, that don't allow snowboarders, but there is one in Park City, Utah that uh, doesn't allow. Do you know the name of that uh, mountain?
4: There's a couple out in Utah, I think Alta and and maybe Deer Valley that's a ski only.
0: Yeah. I also watched a movie. You ever watched a movie? You turn to your wife or your husband and you go, Did you like that? And I watched Licorice Pizza. Um, And there's some great cameos in there. You have Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, who was great. You have the, is it the lead singer of Haim?
3: Uh, she, she's not the lead singer, but she's one of the, so she, I think she
0: plays guitar. They all kind of sing though, all three sisters. Okay, so Elena Haim and her sisters are in the movie as well. Her parents are in there. Sean Penn is in there. Bradley Cooper's in there. Uh, I don't know. I don't
4: know if I like the movie. How would you describe it in one sentence, like the plot, if, if there is one? I don't think there was a plot. <laughs> but, but it was
0: entertaining. And there's some really, first of all, she was wonderful. She, that's the first time she's ever acted. She's 30 years of age. And uh, she was great. Philip Seymour Hoffman's son was great. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, PTA, is you know the guy who directed it. Uh, he did Boogie Nights. I mean, he's done so many movies. But uh, the fact that he had Philip Seymour Hoffman in Boogie Nights, and then he's casting his son in this movie, Licorice Pizza, it's shot in an interesting way. It's about the 70s in Los Angeles in the Valley. And uh, I, I don't know how I would describe it, other than I would tell you to see it. Because... You know, it's not about explosions or I mean, it's just about sort of uh, every day, but they he did it in a great way Uh, there. It's interesting. But my wife said, did you like it? And I go, I I think I did, but I'm not quite sure. So it's called licorice pizza. Yes, Uh,
1: the fact that it has this little pretentious cutesy title is enough reason for me to not watch one second of that. Even if you came in and said, this will change your life forever, licorice pizza. Okay. That, that, that's how they try to get you. And a lot of times it doesn't live up to the cute, wow, what a clever... You know, bougie title or whatever you want to call it. Bougie? Yeah, I dropped a bougie on you. Okay. Wow. Licorice pizza? Who would put licorice on pizza? No, no, no. It's no. really no, about that's a the name. snowboarder in the valley. No,
0: of- it's the name of a record store. Licorice, pizza, licorice pizza was the name of a record store. I
1: don't know. they got to get over themselves with licorice pizza. I yeah.
0: love when
3: Todd comes off the top
0: rope for absolutely no reason. <laughs> like, I just I love that. <laughs> I'd prefer he stayed on the top rope. <laughs> you nice. know.
4: Bougie.
1: Bougie. Candy cane cheeseburgers.
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta see that. Candy cane cheeseburgers. How odd. Yeah. Coming to theaters Friday. I'm there.
0: Have we come up with your t shirt, Damn Three Piece, yet? Why why don't you work on that?
1: I think it's in the process of making it. Oh, we do. We have a damn three piece t shirt.
3: We do. It hasn't been 100% approved just yet. Um, but I know Paul liked it. I haven't showed it to the toddler yet.
1: I have a vested interest. In it. Okay. Uh, but was isn't even a vest. That's what's funny about it. It's not even a vest involved. So ironic. The fact that you
0: said he called you three-piece and you didn't have a three-piece suit on.
1: I know. All I know is I just didn't want this guy to kick the crap out of me, and I just went home, never to wear that suit again. <laughs>
0: The biggest series live on HBO Max. Catch Max Original, Peacemaker, starring John Cena. Don't miss HBO Original Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Discover all of this and more HBO Max for just 9 a month. All right, did you settle on a poll question there, Seton O'Connor?
3: Yeah, we're going to throw up uh, whose career or whose future are you most interested okay. in. Okay. And that was uh, Tom Brady, Al Michaels, Sean uh, McVay. McVay, Aaron Donald, Ben Simmons,
0: Deshaun Watson, Zion Williamson. Out of all of that, you know, that group, I'd say Deshaun Watson. How does all this play? Civil lawsuit. When does he play? Who's he play for? What are you giving up to get Deshaun Watson? How's that impact where other quarterbacks could be going? Yes, yeah, Eden. I'm so curious about Ben Simmons. I,
3: what if he, he just had all of this time, well, I don't want to say off, But he's had all of this time away from the game. There's almost this expectation that, like, dude, you better come back and start hitting some free throws. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I I hope that you've been working this stuff out. What if he goes on to have a tremendous career after this, once he got out of Philadelphia? There's so much unknown there.
0: But I don't – he wasn't a good free throw shooter prior to all the drama in Philadelphia. Paulie, you got Ben Simmons' stats?
4: Yeah, he was never a three-point shooter. You remember he made that one or two, and he never really became a volume three-point shooter. His free throw percentage going back to his rookie year was 56%. Last year was 61%. It's still in the lower third of the league.
0: All I need to do is get get him to around 75. If you're going to handle the ball, I get it to 75, then I think that you got you got something there. Now, he's going to help you on the defensive end. You know, he's got two good shooters, Kyrie, KD. He's a really good passer, rebounder. And you kind of put him in an element where – or an environment where you go, okay, let's let's put him in a situation where he can succeed. But if, if you, you said that uh, I can get 20 points out of him and I can get, you know, whatever, eight rebounds, I can get eight assists, you're going to play good defense. You know, he's not a selfish player. In fact, he's too unselfish. But I'd like to get him to that point where, you know – He's not thinking about things. He's just reacting because the great players don't need to think when they get on the court. They just react. Yeah, so uh, Seton. if you're not going to be a long-range shooter, you have to be able to get to the rim and draw
3: contact, get fouls, and get to the line. Yeah. If you can't do that too, it feels like it's kind of
0: crippling to your game. Yes, it is. But if he can, and he can get to the hoop, but you got to make those free throws. If right. you make those free throws then at least you're a weapon. You don't want to be a liability at the other end. Here's Ben Simmons on what made him want to leave the 76ers.
5: It was just piled up. A bunch of things that have gone over the years to where I just knew I wasn't myself and I needed to get back in, into that place of you know being myself and, and being happy as a person um, and taking care of my well-being. Um, and that was, like the, that was the major thing for me. Um, it wasn't about the basketball. It wasn't about the money anything like that, Um, you know, I want to be who I am and and get back to, you know, playing basketball at that level and, you know, being myself. And the last game? What was the question? What was going on through your mind after the last game? I need to get in a good place mentally, honestly. Um, That was the main thing.
0: Okay, I don't think it's insensitive to asking about these questions that have to do with mental health. Like, what was it? And I'm not judging him as much as I'm just curious about this. And this is a great platform for him if he, is, he chooses to talk about it. Kevin Love has spoken about this. I've spoken about this. Uh, Ron Artest has spoken about this. You get the opportunity to explain things, that it's okay. But don't tell me what it's not. Just tell me what it is so we understand this. And I know that he didn't get paid and he lost whatever, $20 million. Uh, but what is it now that's going to make this better was it that why was it that bad and and maybe he wants to just say look i got i'm moving on i got this opportunity i understand all of that but i don't think it's insensitive to ask him about mental health because that's at the core of all this and and how are you going to be able to deal with what the, the stress that happens in brooklyn like, these are just normal questions that I were, you know, I'd ask. But, you know, social media was like, oh, people are judging. I'm not judging. People said, oh, leave him alone. No, I, I, I you are encouraged to talk about these things. If you go through therapy and you have depression, it's speak to somebody. Now, you may not want to speak to the media, but hopefully he gets comfortable enough. And he's gone through some things in his personal life. But... You know, I would love if he wrote a a first-person article on this. You don't have to answer questions up there, but share with us. So we do understand all of this. And he he did pay a price, literally paid a price for this, but his agency has brought this up about the mental health aspect of this. It came down to, in my opinion, he lost confidence, even more confidence. He also had players who turned on him. Uh, Coach. After the fact, saying, you know, can you win a championship with him? I don't know. And, you know, these guys are young. They're sensitive. Like Kyler Murray. I was told yesterday by a source, said, hey, understand, these guys are really young. You know, you have kids who are their age. And, and he was kind of saying, you know, people who are older and have the experience, it's easy to go, man, come on, Kyler. But, you know, the the point was when we were growing up and athletes were growing up, we hid those issues. I remember Terry Bradshaw coming on the show and saying, he didn't mention depression. He hated Chuck Knoll. He hated the way he was treated by Chuck Knoll. He won four Super Bowls. He was going to walk away after his fourth Super Bowl. I think four in nine years. But Terry didn't even know what the problem was. Kevin Love didn't know what the problem was. Walked off the floor. Like, it's real. We understand it. I want to be sensitive to it. I shared with you, you know, a terrible bout of depression I went through. Terrible. Um, and and all, you don't know what to say and who to say it to and how you're going to be viewed. When I was growing up, if you had mental issues or depression, then you were crazy. You had a weakness there. And I hope that Ben is able to use this and make it a positive for him and strengthen himself with this. But he's in a sport that all eyes are going to be on him. When he goes to the free throw line, all eyes are going to be on him. At the end of games, all eyes are going to be on him. You better be mentally tough. So you didn't play for Philadelphia. Hopefully he was getting the treatment, the care that he needed. But I don't think that it was insensitive to bring this up. And, and I'm not judging. If I ask, I'm just asking because there's a curiosity as he moves forward with this. Because the pressure doesn't, you know, it's not alleviated, it doesn't dissipate. There's going to be great pressure on him. Even more, you're playing with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. I think you got a better chance of winning a championship than you did in Philadelphia. So the pressure is still there. Ben Simmons talked about playing with Kyrie and Kevin Durant.
5: And as far as playing with Kyrie and KD, how do you think what you do accentuates what they already do on the floor? Well, I think it's going to be scary. Um, having those guys running alongside me um, is, you know, multiple different weapons on the floor. And I think at the pace we want to play at, it's it's just going to be unreal.
0: Good. I, I, I hope it's exciting. I hope it's fun. I love the trade for the Nets. I, I don't want to be in the James Harden business. I don't because he's quit on teams. Uh, you know, he, he couldn't play with Chris Paul. Like he, I mean, come on. And you got an opportunity to play with KD. You could have gone to Philly, according to Ramona Shelburne. He could have gone there. He wanted to go to Brooklyn, win a championship, and then he was going to leave and maybe go. It's almost like that was the way station. Hey, I got to go here for a year. It's like a gap year. And then he was going to get to go to Philadelphia where he you know, wanted to go. But from what Ramona reported, and I trust that, you know, he had the opportunity and uh, he chose to go to Brooklyn instead. Yeah, Paul. I,
4: I saw a, a quote from James Harden on social media yesterday, and I thought it was The Onion. James Harden quote, I want to play alongside guys <laughs> that know how to win and will do whatever whatever it takes to win. Kevin Durant's got rings, plural. Yeah, I know. Kyrie Irving has a ring. I know he was just part of it, but he was a big part of it. James Harden, I don't think, has a ring. He doesn't he, have anything. He said, I want to play along guys who, who know how to win and will do whatever it takes to win. He, he's th- never won. People think that was a shot at Kyrie for playing half the games. Okay, and I understand that. You sign up for
0: that, and you didn't expect Kyrie to play just half the games. I get that, but... Uh, and James, James Harden should be the poster child for what it takes to win in the NBA. Yes, he... That's funny. So along these topics, right, a quick poll update.
3: All right. all right. Whose future would you most like to know about? Deshaun Watson getting a monstrous 40% of the vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you think Ben Simmons is? At the very
0: bottom. Less than 2%. Yeah. Very bottom. Yeah. How about that? And I think it's just we're so tired of Ben Simmons. The story, is going to play, not going to play? Why is he not playing? Didn't sit on the bench, didn't go to practice. Okay, now he's traded. I mean, I'm, I, I feel that. You know, there's just part of us, you go, just go out and play. If Ben wants to hold a press conference and really let us in behind the curtain, great, I'm all ears. But right now, I just want to see everybody play. James Harden, I don't care. Just play. That's it. Um... Andrew in Washington starts this off. Mike Florio is going to join us. We'll talk to him. Is it a foregone conclusion that Kevin O'Connell is going to take the Vikings job as the Rams offensive coordinator? Or is there maybe some second thoughts with what's going on with Sean McVay? Uh, hey, Andrew, what's on your mind?
6: Good morning, Dan. Five six, and they need to get back to the gym, 176. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey, I did have a uh, couple of poll ideas. One of mine is along the same lines as what you guys came up with for hour one with whose career would you like to know what happens with. But mine was, um, who's most likely to be with their team next year? Aaron Donald, Russell Westbrook, or Kyler Murray? And uh, Mm -hmm. the other poll option I came up with was, now that the football season is over, what are you most looking forward to? March Madness? NBA Finals, Major League Baseball if it ever gets started, or just the NFL offseason. So, <laughs> hey Dan, one more thing, real quick. Yeah. Could I pitch a T-shirt? I have a T-shirt idea. Okay. We don't have a BRG backroom guy T-shirt, and it could be in the logo style, like you guys did in the Omars back in the day for Reservoir Dogs with res- uh, uh, Reservoir Dorks. You could do a BRG T-shirt in the theme of the Hangover with the guys coming down.
0: Okay. Um not sure I follow what that's going to look like. I don't know if there's a big market for the Backroom Guys t-shirt here. Oh, it's niche. Other than the family members of the Backroom Guys? Yeah, Seaton. I mean, we can look at it. Okay. We can look at it for sure. Okay. Yeah, Morph.
1: It's too bad I'm not going to be on that t-shirt anymore. Yeah.
0: Oh.
3: Oh. 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 whoa,
0: Let's go. whoa, <laughs> Whoa. Let's go. Message sent. front room guy. You know who gets crushed every time, you know, Marvin gets to eat when we eat and, and Mario, it kills Mario. Cause, Cause I, I told, I told Marvin last week, I said, dude, you get to eat when we eat. He goes, wait, Oh, I don't have to be the 1215 club. I go, no, no, no. You're front front row, man. And Mario was holding the camera Oh, and, and Marvin dang. was eating while Mario was watching him eat. Dang. I mean, look, this could be a temporary position, but you're in the room right now. No? Seton back in Demotion Row, so who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, Seaton. There is also a lot of the speculation that uh, sort of sub current or a
3: subtweet, if you will, is uh, how crushed Mario must be. Why oh. didn't Mario get the call? <laughs> is he in trouble? I
0: uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not at liberty to talk about this right now. Mario's status here. Yes, Paul.
4: I team's all over the story. We'll have a full report next week.
0: All right, we'll take a break. Play of the day. Mike Florio up next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock
6: app. podcast or wherever you get your
0: podcast. Look at Marvin. Marvin kissing up to Paulie playing Rush. Uh, That works. You're doing it all, Marvin. (laughs) Guys learning how to work the room or what? Oh, and Marvin's a funny guy. Funny guy. And I said, hey, you're in the front row now. Marvin goes, didn't need a Rooney roll here on the Dan Patrick show. (laughs) Sure didn't. No, you were our first pick. First person. You're the only person that we thought of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll do play of the day coming up here. I want to get to Mike Florio. Kind enough to join us on uh, short notice. And his new book, by the way, is a must. Playmakers comes out March 15th. Can be purchased both online wherever books are sold. Mike uh, sent me an advance copy, and there's a lot of good stuff in there. Didn't autograph it. But there's a lot of good stuff in there. Mike joins us now. No autograph, fake huh? Fake
2: news. You are fake news. I autographed it. Oh, I you, signed it. Oh, you did? Yeah, you haven't even opened it.
0: No, I did. I opened it to the actual chapters, not uh, the first couple of pages. The uh, Open
2: up the cover. Uh, okay. And there's a lovely inscription. Damn. It may bring a tear to your eye. Probably won't. Uh, but I did sign it. Paulie, do you know where I have Florio's book?
3: Paul's going to look for it. Okay.
0: Where do you keep the garbage? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I think Do you got it right there, Paulie. No, I, I got it right here. It's really close to me. Okay, let me see what it says. Here's Mike Florio's Playmakers, how the NFL really works and it doesn't. DP, thanks for your friendship and support over the years, Mike Florio. Well, that's not really, you know. I know, I did sign it,
2: but I did sign it. How about, thank
0: you for my career. I never okay. would have had this career without you, Dan. That's,
2: that's true. That's true. But I've, I've already told you that separately, so I <laughs> need to come up with something different. All right. Thank you. Okay. Help, thank you for my career. Help me understand. i <laughs> <me> back now. <laughs> help,
0: help me understand the Sean McVay situation, and does it affect Kevin O'Connell? Is it real that it would affect Kevin O'Connell taking the Vikings job?
2: Well, you know, we learned four years ago, In a super bowl that was played in the stadium where the vikings play their home games that none of this stuff's ever done until it's done and i keep seeing reports about what the vikings are going to do i'm waiting for the report that it's done i want to see the signature from kevin o'connell on the last page of the contract and until it happens we saw mcdaniels jilt the colts now there's no real reason right now to think it's going to happen but if Stan Cronkie's working behind the scenes, he's the owner of the Rams, obviously, and he's like, hey, Sean, what are you going to do? I think it's too early for the Sean McVay situation to come to a head where Stan Kroenke would have to pivot to Kevin O'Connell. And he's got Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator, if McVay does leave. So it's not as critical as it would be. But if McVay would exit like today, which no one thinks that's going to happen. You'd have to wonder whether or not Cronkie would, would want to try to keep Kevin O'Connell, but I get the impression McVeigh is kind of sitting back and waiting to see if one of these networks makes him an offer that either he can't refuse or that he can't resist taking to Cronkey and saying, "Hey, they're going to pay me 15 million. Uh, you're paying me X. Are you going to pay me more or not?" And I think that's fair game. I think McVeigh's in a great spot mm. now. Somebody's either going to make him a, 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 an offer that he says, "Wow." Okay, I'm leaving for ESPN or wherever, or Kroenke's going to pay him. Either way, he's going to get paid.
0: Okay, so Aaron Donald is that a leverage play as well?
2: It could be. He's due to make 55 million over the next three years, about 18 million in change. He puts a lot of himself into his offseason preparation. LA is a long way away from Pittsburgh. He's a Pittsburgh guy, and hey, having flown from Pittsburgh to LA and LA to Pittsburgh nine days apart, it's like two different worlds. And he's out there for five months out of the year. And I think that's wearing on him after eight years. So you want to make it worth his while? You know, he's currently doing it for $18 million, $9 million under the top of the market for a defensive lineman. Maybe that gets his attention and gets him to do it again. But I, I really do think he's seriously considering calling it quits while he's at the pinnacle of the profession after eight years and after mm. putting a lot of himself into his game. I was also
0: wondering about Odell Beckham Jr. with this knee injury, knee surgery uh, at at some point, does he start to look at what's next? Could you see him in the media? Could you see him as a, you know, a studio analyst here? And, and what would be that
2: value? Well, I mean, he always brings value because of who he is. But as you know, at some point, you have to actually do the job. And there are plenty of former players who become analysts. And they don't really become analysts. They, they, they You have to become a fan of the game. You have to... Think like a fan thinks. You have to follow the sport like a fan follows the sport or you quickly lose relevance. You quickly make no sense. It can't just be, well, this is what we did. This is what I did. This is what, you know, this is what I know from when I played. You've got to be a true student of the game. And I don't know that he cares about football enough Mm. to make that pivot. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. But you're right, Dan. Look, same ACL, torn twice. And Michael David Smith from PFT pointed out yesterday that, when he did it the last time, it was like 11 months before he was cleared to play again. He'll miss all of the season, at least all of the regular season, if if he has that same trajectory with the same injury to the same knee. I mean, that that was that was heartbreaking for him. He he could have been the MVP of the game the way he was playing. the, the Rams lost the air out of the balloon when he got injured, and they almost didn't get it back in time.
0: We're talking to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host with Chris Sims. You can watch that on Peacock. I know that Matthew Stafford, is he a Hall of Famer, was a big topic. I think we ran out of topics, so it's like Matthew (laughs) Stafford, a Hall of Famer, question mark. But I have to give Matthew Stafford credit for two things. Megatron's season, that was the greatest season we had seen by a wide receiver. And now Cooper Cups, which is the greatest uh, receiving year that we've ever had. It doesn't feel like he gets any credit of that. You're like, oh, that's right. He was uh, Calvin Johnson's quarterback. Where do you stand with Matthew Stafford right now?
2: Well, Matthew Stafford suffered through 12 seasons in Detroit where he was pretty much alone, but for Calvin Johnson. And they did have a Dominican Sioux for a while, but it's a dysfunctional organization and they never were able to put together a consistent winner. Now, there have been times where I was concerned that he wasn't as forceful from a personality standpoint as a peyton manning or tom brady would be and he kind of tolerated not being part of a great team maybe he should have forced himself out of that situation earlier but he can make all the throws i mean you have seen the video the no look throw to cooper cup he's always been like that he was patrick mahomes before we we learned about patrick mahomes the guy's got incredible arm talent and when you look at the all-time statistics he's already 12th in passing yardage 12th in passing touchdowns and he just turned 34 last week so this whole idea of is he a hall of famer to me it's ridiculous because he's got five more years left i don't know how long he's going to play there's many chapters left in this book he could win another super bowl if he gets another super bowl he's clearly a hall of famer uh he could finish in the top five of passing yardage of course that puts you clearly in the discussion so Um, And and I respect the fact that, you know, he's not a guy who's very demonstrative. We don't get a lot of videos of him chewing people out on the sideline. We don't get a lot of hot take reports about whether he's selfish or immature. There isn't that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's hard to stand out if you're not that way. But his play does all the talking for him. And people are starting to appreciate it more now that he's with a a better team.
0: What should we keep an eye on with Deshaun Watson's offseason?
2: Well... We've been expecting or hoping or waiting for some sort of a resolution as to the criminal probe, the prosecution, potential prosecution. Grand jury work was supposed to be done the end of January. Now that we're clear of the Super Bowl, I need to go back and see where that stands. You've got 22 lawsuits that are moving forward. Now that the Super Bowl is over, he can be questioned under oath by Tony Busby, who represents the 22 individuals. And, uh, you know, the, the problem is, It's so obvious he needs to put these cases behind him to continue his career that that gives Tony Busby more leverage when it's time to negotiate a settlement. They had 18 of these 22 cases ready to work out back in late October so he could have been traded to the Dolphins. There were four holdouts. The value of that case keeps going up and up and up if you know he's got to settle these in order to get back to the NFL. So at some point, they just have to sit down and work this out. He needs to work out satisfactorily to the individual's who claim they were victimized by Watson, something that allows him to put it behind him. But, uh, you know, the problem, Dan, is the quarterback carousel is going to start spinning. Seats are going to get filled. And, and maybe the teams he wants to go to will have moved on. So it's going it's to be a challenge for them to get this taken care of.
0: The book is Playmakers. It's uh, Mike Florio's book, March 15th, can be purchased online wherever books are sold. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Dan. And Florio autograph it for you. He'll come to your house and autograph it for you. Coming up next hour, Jim Gray will join us. Sean White stops by.